Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What Are You Talking About? presented by Fenley Road Sports. My name is Bob. I'm hanging out talking sports with my older brother, Chris. Just a disclaimer before we get going with the podcast, uh, Chris is leaving the country for a week and he's going to be in Germany for a couple of days. So we decided to record this podcast a few days earlier than we might have on a normal schedule. And we're going to talk about some things that are ongoing and might release new information. So if this podcast feels dated when you're listening to it, I do apologize for that. But this is what we thought in the moment with all the ready news and information in front of us. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is, I don't know what's the best word for it, bizarre, tragic, comic, a little bit of everything. It's the FIFA scandal that's unfolding. It gives us a chance to take a break from the NBA and some of the sports that we like to talk about and talk about. I mean, it's a sport that Chris and I both really like a lot is, is soccer, especially international soccer and FIFA, uh, the the walls are, are caving in on some of these officials. 14 arrests were made just a few days ago in Zurich. Uh, you know, charges of racketeering and bribery. Uh, Chris, what are what are your initial thoughts about this FIFA scandal as as it's unfolding? Well, first, before before we get that, just real quick, I also want to stress to our listeners that uh, with this scandal and with all that's going on in soccer, we were going to plan to take a little break from basketball, be it how there's only going to be a game played anyway. So we didn't want to sort of rehash our NBA Finals preview as well. But to get to my thoughts about this, I I think sad is the biggest one. Yeah. Because, like you said, we're both big fans of soccer. You a little more than me, but I I love the World Cup. I think it's one of my favorite tournaments in all sports. I think it's the most intense tournament in all sports. It's certainly a fun month of just competition. I love the the national pride is pretty prevalent. And it's always a great tournament to watch and get into. And it's fun to see the world embrace it. It's the one sport sporting event that I think is embraced all over the world. Even if the United States isn't leading the charge, I still think a lot of people here embrace it. And so I think it's mostly sad that it's being run by this organization that is clearly corrupt, that clearly a lot of stuff was going on behind the scenes with regards to some of these big international tournaments, not just the World Cup, but certainly a couple of World Cups were affected by bribery and racketeering and all that stuff that you just don't want to be involved with sports. But then some of the smaller regional tournaments, well, not, not really smaller, but smaller than the World Cup, like the Gold Cup and some of the other regional tournaments, especially in the Americas sphere, were being affected by these, you know, sports marketing businesses that were soliciting bribes and trying to get the rights to the television contract so they could, of course, turn a profit for themselves. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think the loser in this, and it's definitely sad, and the loser is soccer. And it's unfair to say that the loser is FIFA because I think that FIFA is the problem. I think the the, the corruption starts at the top and it goes all the way to the bottom the the arrests were made, you know, for the sports marketing for the, these millions of dollars that executives were selling, were, were selling bribes for, to these to, to marketing rights for these events. 
but it's it's pretty easy to make connections to other things like you know the 2022 world cup in qatar and the and also the 2018 world cup in russia it's pretty easy to make connections that those are probably up for sale the south african uh world cup in 2010 that has been implicated as well it's been it's it's really sad and i think that the the closest thing to compare it to really are you know the old days of racketeering in the united states and the mob and that's really sad when this is supposed to be the organization that creates i mean it, an, an event as big as the olympics and they're it's just dirty from head to toe so yeah it's it's a really sad day you're definitely right um and there's a lot to talk about <laughs> where do you want to go from here in, in this well, I want to dive into this, just the whole sports marketing businesses, because when this came out, I did a lot of research on them. I wasn't 100 percent you know, sure what they were all about. But just for those of you who might not be familiar, the sports marketing firm will buy rights from the league. And so then they own television rights to broadcast tournaments. So take, for example, the Gold Cup. They would buy that from FIFA and then sell it to the broadcast networks at a profit so in essence they're a middleman they sort of do some of the a lot of the marketing a lot of the broadcast negotiating so in essence fifa then doesn't have to directly deal with the networks they can just sell it to a third party who then it's on them to make a profit from those rights that they secured and traffic sports which is a sports marketing business based in brazil and has a subsidiary traffic sports usa they're the big ones who got busted for this. You know, they were caught. Another couple other sports marketing businesses got the rights for some of these regional tournaments in the Americas from them, and then they upped their bribes and things like that. A lot of bribery going on, a lot of cutthroat sort of negotiating going on to secure these major international tournaments, and of course the big profits that come with them. And so that's kind of at the heart of all this. That's what the the forty seven count federal indictment with the four or nine FIFA officials and five corporate executives all charged with racketeering, wire fraud, money laundering, and bribery, as Bob said earlier in the podcast. And so, I mean, it just, I just don't get, I mean, if we're going to start there, it just is, is really sad that this, this whole thing is going on because it definitely puts a slight, a, a bit of a, a big stain on soccer as a whole yeah it it definitely does um what what do you think about it, the fact that it's america that is is initiating these arrests and obviously uh switzerland is assisting in the extradition of these 14 uh indicted individuals and switzerland also notably is conducting their own investigation they raided fifa and they're actually investigating the briberies of the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. So they they are acting on their own. But what do you think that it's a good sign that the United States is is taking action against FIFA? Or do you think it should have been somebody else within that had a little bit more soccer, I don't know, prevalence? Well, first off, I think it's it's a good thing in the sense that the United States is not a major player on the world scale of soccer. You, if you want to go where soccer is most powerful, you go to Europe. Those are where the big players are. And, or Brazil. 
but most of them are in Europe. So the Americans don't have much to lose by doing this because they're not very well regarded in the soccer spotlight anyway, even though they are a big media market that soccer likes to have. I certainly don't think it's going to hurt them from that standpoint. But I also do question the motivatum, the excuse me, the motives of the timing of this investigation because it came right before that big presidential election, which turned out to be a moot point because, as you know, Sepp Blatter resigned from the presidency not four days after he was elected. We'll get to that a little bit later. I certainly think the timing can be questioned because the U.S. placed a bid on the 2022 World Cup. It didn't win. And I they've, have a hunch. They've been mad ever can't since. Prove it. Right. I can't prove this hunch. But it wouldn't surprise me if that was the catalyst for starting the and then going through with this investigation. And it certainly wouldn't shock me if the U.S. had an axe to grind by trying to drop this bombshell on FIFA to hey, try to influence the election. They were unsuccessful. Blatter was reelected. Now he has subsequently resigned. Again, we'll get to that in a bit. But I do question the timing of the investigation. I do question, I do think the U.S. does have an ulterior motive to be investigating FIFA because it just lost a bid for the 2022 World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I remember when when the U.S. was making their bid for 2022. They dropped out of the 2018 race to build their case for 2022, and they were the front runner. They everyone there was like lots of momentum for them. And then when the news was released that Qatar had won that bid, outbidding not only the United States, but Japan, Australia, and South Korea as well. Like I was I had to Google Qatar because I, I I had no clue. And then f- ever since that day, I think United States soccer has been mad at FIFA and has been holding a grudge and combine that with the fact that the Qatar world cup preparation is a disaster is probably is one of the most sad things in and of itself. I mean, from a human rights standpoint, the migrant workers and the estimated there's going to be 4,000 deaths working on the construction of these, of these stadiums. They're behind schedule. They had to push the world cup back to November. Yeah. United States, they smelled blood and everyone knew FIFA was dirty, they could go get more blood. And yeah, there's, there's absolutely no doubt that they want this World Cup and they're, they're still hoping that the World Cup in 2022 gets awarded to them. But at the end of the day, if it, if it brings down dirty and crooked people that have no problem being immoral in their positions, then I, I mean, I'm for it. I just, I worry that the United States, especially the men's team, I, they're not well-liked <laughs> around the world. The United States isn't well-liked in sports around the world for most things because we just assume that we're the best, even though the men's team really isn't that good <laughs> to this day. And that probably rubs people the wrong way. And I, I just worry that casual fans of soccer across the globe are seeing this and seeing it as just like another arrogant American trying to force their way into soccer. I think normally you'd be right. And I think in general, most countries do not view America in a very high regard because of the sort of, for lack of a better word, arrogance that 
is presumed around the world. Obviously, whenever you're talking about an entire nation in generalities, in any circumstance, you're stereotyping a bit. I don't think all Americans are arrogant. No, no, no. But it's certainly a stereotype that's held worldwide. I, we do have an expectation. USA. We have an expectation as Americans to be good at sports, at all sports. It, Certainly, certainly. And and I think it's most prevalent in, you know, not just soccer, but I think you see that most in basketball at the Olympics. I think they're even more hated in basketball because they send those, there are superstars to do it, to, to win those tournaments. And I do think that the world does not like that. But to get back on point, I don't think many soccer fans are going to be mad in America because I don't think many soccer fans liked FIFA. I, I think that this there's been a lot of a big time disdain for FIFA for a very long time. You know, not just this isn't a new thing. This whole corruption thing, well, the whole corruption thing coming to light is new. But FIFA has long been suspected of things like this. I don't think anyone imagined it was to this extreme. But there's always been a sort of disdain for FIFA in the world's eye. And a lot of friends of mine who follow soccer, one an international friend that I went to grad school with, sort of had the same feelings about FIFA, that he didn't like the organization, that it was a very corrupt organization. So I think soccer fans are going to view this as a good thing, that FIFA got busted. And I actually think a lot of people will overlook the motivations of the United States, if there were any, in, with regards to being spurned by the 2022 World Cup bid. Yeah, I, I I can see it both ways. Um, I just worry sometimes about about us Americans abroad. Sometimes, especially, I mean, you know, you're going to Germany. You better watch out, watch out your arrogance. I know you expect to to dominate in every facet, but you seem to be humble when you go over there. Okay, I'll be very humble in Germany. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. All right, so but we'll not wind up in a German jail or anything crazy like that. What are you talking about? We'll be back. Don't worry. All right. Everything will be good. Good, good. I, I, I'm going to be worried about you when you're over there, man. Hey, you never know, man. I just hope I don't find myself in a castaway situation. That would be very bad. Yeah, very true. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. All right. But, so let's talk about bladder. I mean, the, the allegations come out and implicate literally anyone that he's been associated with. I think three vice presidents that served under him, all of them were arrested. Days later, he wins the election. I mean, talk about the audacity of him and his remaining cronies to to still win the election despite all these allegations. I mean, that that's mind-boggling to me that he would go through with that and that FIFA is still that dirty. I'm so grateful that he resigned. Um, you know, word coming out that there's a $10 million transaction from 2008 that he's been cited in in the report that's probably going to bring him down compounded with the fact that there are 14 dudes arrested that are probably going to flip on him uh that was probably a smart move on him to resign but man that was that took some gumption to to still reelect yourself despite all those arrests don't you think well to still run that's the big thing i mean he had to have known whatever it was he knows now that's the thing so you're right, it took a big-time courage to still go into the race, probably knowing whatever dirt they have on him, 
I mean, it seemed just kind of foolish to think that that wasn't going to come to life. I think what really did it for it, though, was that now Jerome Valky, who is uh, like his number two, the secretary general, yeah. is being linked to these $10 million in transactions. And if he's being linked to it, then there's just no way that Blatter can deny knowing anything about it if his top lieutenant was involved. And, and certainly if Valky gets indicted or arrested or anything, I mean... He's gonna. They're gonna cut a deal with him. They're gonna cut a deal with him. I'm sure these 14 guys are looking to cut a deal too. But he had to have known that before the election. So why even run in the first place? I don't understand that part. Yeah, to to run and then to resign like this. Uh, it's like, what are you running away from? Uh, he, the only smart move he could have done was resign and distance himself as far as possible. But he didn't do that. He dove head first, and now he wants to be rescued all of a sudden. Uh, it, does not look good for him and yeah i'm i'm assuming that a lot a lot of developments are going to come out and a lot more news about people flipping on him and i'm i'm pretty sure he will be arrested at some point what he should have done was resigned and then found the one country that doesn't play soccer and has no extradition laws and set up shop there yeah yeah but i do i this has been going on for so long. I think they said 25 years in the, in the release of the indictments. They're just, they don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we, we all knew this was going on, you know, everyone knew it was going on or said it was going on, but nobody did anything because they were either so good at it or they just did not care and dared anyone to make a move. I think it was just arrogance, man. I think he just thought, okay, you arrested them, but you didn't arrest me. I'm good. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And and, and then he realized <laughs> what, it, what, what dirt they actually had on him, and he finally wised up a little bit. Well, it's certainly arrogance, because there's no way he didn't know what they had. I, there's just no way in my mind that he could have been that foolish to think that they weren't going to get something on him, or they didn't have anything on him. So it's certainly arrogance, I, I agree with you. I mean, there, this report says that the 1998 World Cup was implicated with bribes. So, yeah, I mean, this stuff has been going on forever. And I just think it was is the mindset of, hey, we're just so big. I mean, soccer is the world. You know, yep. Where's the alternative market for the World Cup? There is none. It's the World Cup. There's every nation, almost every nation in the world participates in it. 900 million people watched the world cup final and routinely draw numbers like that every year i mean that's a world rating and it's ridiculous i mean it puts the super bowl to shame so they're just they just thought you know we're too big nobody's gonna bring us down because everyone's getting paid and that's the bottom line and so the question i want to know is or the answer i want to know is what's gonna happen i mean is this just gonna be we're gonna take down names replace them with new names and go back to business as usual that that America is going to get its world cup from Qatar and then these names are going to be replaced with other names and the bribes are going to come back because honestly that's probably what's going to happen yeah i i i think you're right and to be honest with you i haven't even considered what is going to happen because it was only today that, that we found out that Bladder resigned. And my, my thoughts were, well, you arrest all these guys, but you didn't get 
Al Capone. You know, you didn't get the guy on top. And if you didn't get the guy on top, then what's the point? But now that he's gone and he seems to be getting closer to be implicated in all this stuff, that's that's a very good question. I I think I have to agree with you that I think the best result is you you take that World Cup away from Qatar. I I don't even care if it goes to the United States. You just need to get out of that country because it what's going on there is awful. Um, I think that's the that's the best thing you can do and hope that you elect good people. But yeah, I think I, this is too big for it to only involve say 20 people they're still dirty people in fifa as soon as the cops leave they're gonna come right back out and start doing their thing again so yeah i i agree with you i don't think this i don't think this is it if you're talking about reform i think now you if you want reform you pretty much have to tear fifa down and build it back up and i don't think anybody's gonna do that there's too much money involved see and that's just it i don't think bladder's the problem I think he is just the face of something. But it's the machine. The machine's revved up. I mean, at least 200, I think close to 230 or 250 countries try to qualify for the World Cup every four years. You can't stop this machine. And nobody wants to stop the machine. I mean, I just said 900 million people watch the World Cup. It's a cash cow. It prints its own money. And not just the World Cup level, but the regional tournament levels. The Gold Cup, UEFA, all these things. They print their own money. And everyone has their hands in it. I mean, yeah, Bladder and these other 14 to 20 guys are going to go down. Sure, maybe. But what if the U.S. gets its World Cup back in 2022? And then the plea deals that they strike don't get as much publicity and these guys just get a slap on the wrist and they don't get involved with FIFA but they never see any time I mean is the machine gonna change because I don't think that it was just bladder I think bladder was just doing the the symbol of what the machine is and it's a cutthroat business that'll do anything to get this tournament or these tournaments on their home soil and I'm sorry I'm too skeptical to see people all of a sudden reforming this system when there's that much money on the table. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think maybe it won't be as blatant as what it's been, but I, I don't see a whole lot changing in the, in the way they reward, they award the world cups and, and the way they, they do their business. I think they might learn some lessons about how to be a little bit more discreet <laughs> But I don't see it going away. I agree with you. Did you get a chance to see any sort of the, any of the highlights of the Set Bladder press conference after he was elected when he was interviewed by the international media? Did you see any of those highlights at all? I didn't. I didn't see it. I read some of the transcript. Oh my gosh, it was one of the most just awkward press conferences ever. First off, the media hammered him. Question after question was just fastball, fastball, fastball. And yeah, he, he certainly was getting testy, which of course when you treat some a source like that with hard questions, he's going to get a little testy, but deservedly so. I mean, the media didn't back off at all. They just said, you know, how did you, how could you not know about this $10 million? I mean, they, they, they practically just said, how could you not know about all this? That was... They said that in maybe 20 different ways. (laughs) 
how could you not know about this? And he understandably was getting, you know, agitated, but you know what? He deserved it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I I love reading that transcript in a humorous way, but like you said, it's, it's sad that that actually happened. I love the the reactions on the internet, some of the memes that I saw and some of the the pictures of of bladder and in different <laughs> different photoshop things. Um yeah, it's been I mean one one part of it is really sad, the other part of it is just crazy comical. I mean, just the way they got arrested, like the Swiss walk in, get their room numbers from the attendant knock on their doors, let them pack their bags. Like they put up sheets so that they could change the, into clothes and not get their picture. It was the most polite arresting that ever happened. And I, I, I don't, the whole thing is just bizarre to me. And I, I'm glad we're talking about it, but it's just, it's really bizarre. The icing on the cake is the executive who cited the onion to make his yeah. face. Yeah, Jack Warner, that, that was really funny <laughs> i mean he wasn't wrong in, in what he was saying i don't think but yeah don't cite the onion <laughs> he, he lifted up an onion headline he said then how come the u.s wants this it's like <laughs> that's a satirical article man they're making fun of yeah, you that was unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> but how can you not know that if you're gonna i mean there's no way he was the only one on that set shooting that video. How could nobody have caught that? How could nobody have said, hey, guy, this is not something you want to do? Like, how could how could the person shooting that video let him do that? I, I don't know, man. He, he was in charge of all of CONCACAF for a while. I don't know how a guy like that can be so dumb, but <laughs> I guess he is. I mean... I mean, that just kills your credibility right there. No matter how, he could have been right in his video. That's fine. But, man, you can't cite the onion. No, no, sir. That's that's a rule. (laughs) Well, unless you're doing a paper on satirical publications, then you probably would want to cite the onion. Yeah, that's true. If you're trying to make a serious argument, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of World Cups, we've talked a lot about corruption in FIFA, a lot of bad soccer stuff for the first sort of half hour of this podcast. But there is a World Cup about to be played, and it's the Women's World Cup, and it's about to start. In fact, by the time this podcast is out, it will have started. There will be at least a couple group matches underway. So not really off the ground yet, but certainly getting underway. Bob, I mean, Team USA on the men's side isn't much of a power. I mean, they're a strong team. I think anytime you get to the World Cup, it's a great accomplishment. Anytime you get to the knockout round, it's certainly not something you want to hang your head over. But compared to the women in USA, the women are a superpower. And it's kind of shocking that they haven't won the World Cup since 1999. Yeah, definitely. I mean, last World Cup, they they had a shot. I mean, they lost to penalties uh, against Japan and that was a, a great game to watch if you remember that and yeah they they certainly are every bit as dom- dominant as a team is in international play I mean they're extremely talented they're always in they always advance deep into the tournament but you're, you're right it's weird that they haven't won in so long um, I'm worried about them too because they are in a very challenging group 
I mean, the the men's team, you might remember last year, they were in the group of death. I think this women's team is even more deadly than, than that men's team group. I mean, you have the United States ranked second in the world, only second only to Germany. Then you have Sweden, who's ranked fifth. Then you have Australia, who's ranked 10th. And then you have Nigeria, who isn't that high in the rankings, but they also they have the FIFA Women's Footballer of the Year. So you the best player in in the world isn't on Nigeria and that's your fourth worst team in the group that's that's a tough battle so uh I'm worried about them I think they're going to advance through the group but there's there's some it's going to be fun to watch the group stage for once usually they they just kind of dominate it and go through but uh there's some intrigue what do you think well, certainly if they don't get out of group play, that is an enormous upset. That would be on the level of Spain not making it out of group play in the Men's World Cup this year, which was shocking. Not this year, but last year. Yeah. Um. So certainly if they don't make it out of group play, that's a big-time problem, especially when they've been dominant in the Olympics. They've won the Olympics, what, four out of the last five Olympics? They've won gold? I know they've won the last three. I think they won 96 as well. So I think they were runner-up. Yeah, they were runner-up in 2000. And then they've won the last four of the last five. So they've been dominant on the world stage. But it's just surprising that they have not won the World Cup yeah. since 1999. That's interesting that you brought that up because the the coach that won the last two gold medals for the United States, Paya Sundhedge, I'm probably butchering that name. She is now the coach of Sweden, who is in their group. She resigned amicably in 2012, winning coach of the year as coach of America. And now she's the Swedish coach. So, I mean, that's further intrigue. You have the the ex-coach of just, I mean, she was the one that coaching them in that 2011 World Cup. And now she's coaching your, your biggest rival in, in the group stage. That's, it'll be, it'll be very interesting, but... Yeah, they've been dominant, but they haven't been dominant in the World Cup. Um, do you think that they're going to do it this year? I hope so, because there are a lot of really strong athletes on here that I think should get a World Cup victory. Uh, you know, a lot of I, I think I hope they do, but it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't, because I think Germany is very dominant in the World Cup. They've won two of them. Japan, the defending champion. From what I'm reading, France is coming on pretty strong. They had some strong friendlies against the United States, Germany, and Brazil, who are some of the contenders. So take what you want from friendlies, that is. So there are some really strong teams that could definitely knock them off. You said Germany was number one in the world. I'm going to pick Team USA. I think USA is going to win. I want USA to win. It's kind of a heart pick, too. But at the same time, it's the World Cup. I mean, this isn't this is uh, the top teams, you know, and so it's it's not an easy thing to get through. But I think the U- U.S. Team, women's team is so good and so dominant. Not to sound like an arrogant American, but they are. I think it's finally time for them to win a World Cup. I agree with you. I, I think certainly they're going to be finishing that top four and have a chance for it. I, I'm picking them to win the World Cup too. I mean, it's a very strong pick. They're second in the world. I mean, they were there last time. Uh, I think the strength of them really lies on the backfield. Uh, obviously, Hope Solo is one of the most fam- more famous players on the team. She's, now she's kind of infamous as well, but that backline is really strong. She is one of the best parts about the team. 
and then her defenders in front of her are equally as talented. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that that's where they're going to hang their hat on, and I think they they certainly have a shot at it. I'm picking them to do it. USA, USA. <laughs> if you want, I might. I might not want to say that when I go to Germany. That's something I shouldn't say when I go to Germany with regards to women's soccer. Because <laughs> if you if you're interested in watching the game, uh, a couple of people to watch out for: uh, Marta on Brazil. She's 29 years old. She's won Football of the Year five times, so she's probably the most talented player uh, historically playing right now. So she's would be really fun to watch if you want to watch a game. And Canada has a 17 year old midfielder. Her name is Jesse Fleming. And she's been playing with them since 15. It's the host country. So if you want to watch a feel-good story, that's probably something to watch out for as well. So when the United States takes over Canada, she'll be playing for Team USA in the next World Cup? Yeah, we're going to we're gonna get her citizenship probably. We're going to annex Canada or something like that? Yeah. I'm just kidding, Canada. We're not doing that. We love Canada. It's all good. It's a joke. <laughs> not trying to come off like an arrogant American here. I'm just making a joke. And I'm not going to Canada. I'm going to Germany, so it's it's even better. So we're good, Canada. Don't worry. <laughs> but you you mentioned Hope Solo, and you know, obviously this didn't get a lot of attention last year. Well, it did when it was first broke. I mean, she's had some domestic violence issues in the past. I know Team USA punished her for it. But with all that's happened in the NFL and with domestic violence becoming such a big issue, you know, not it's always been a big issue, but with it being a more highlighted issue with what's gone on in the NFL, do you think Hope Solo should be playing in the World Cup? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know the it's um it's a difficult situation, obviously, but I think the the big thing, the big difference between Hope Solo and and the stuff that happened in the NFL was. Well, one, you, you had a video of of Ray Rice doing that stuff. And obviously, I don't think we would have any of this stuff if we, if there wasn't those two videos that we saw. And the other is just the football culture in general that, that seemed to be the ugly representation of. And I think that that blew it um, way forward to the forefront. So she she was dealt with by U.S. soccer and it seemed like, that that was taken care of and uh yeah i think she should be playing everyone deserves to have a second chance i mean even ray rice has his second chance it's just nobody wants to touch him in the nfl there's a stigma now but yeah i think she should be playing the world cup yeah and it, i agree the video the ray rice video definitely took the issue into the stratosphere combined with the weak initial suspension two games was not enough when he got suspended and then compounded by Greg Hardy and Adrian Peterson. And I also agree with you that I think it's in it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison in the sense that you're comparing a sport that plays every year, that has a continuous regular season, to an international competition where there's really only 11 people starting. I mean, it, it's a much different kind of you know, competition than it is a professional regular season league she was dealt with by team usa she was suspended from international play for a time so i don't think team usa looked at this issue lightly and just brushed it under the rug they certainly did something about it 
And I, I agree with you. I don't have a problem with her playing because I think that her issue was dealt with appropriately. I think the the big reason the NFL became such a huge issue was because Ray Rice got hit with a slap on the wrist and then the video came out and the NFL looked really, really silly for only giving him a two-game suspension. So I, I agree with you. I think everyone deserves a second chance. As long as you know you're sincere about it and everything, I mean, you got it. You got to earn a second chance, and I have no idea whether or not, you know, she's living good on that because never met her. But I certainly don't think that you should be banned forever from everything for what hopefully is just a mistake that she made. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, I think that she is. Um linked to the NFL because because of what happened and that probably weighs on her more than and is is bringing more negativity to the situation um than what what normally would have happened so yeah I don't think she was linked too much I think she is though I I agree with you that she's linked I don't think it was very prevalent I don't think that there were too many I think the NFL just consumed all the noise and anyone who tried to bring up the Hope Solo case was really drowned out by the fact that it really just just came one after another in the NFL with Ray Rice, then Adrian, Greg Hardy, then Adrian Peterson. So I think that that really dominated the news coverage of it. But yeah. but certainly I think that it's fine that she's playing in the World Cup because, like I said, her situation was dealt with by U.S. soccer. If U.S. soccer hadn't done anything about it, I'd have a bigger problem with it. But I don't have any problem with her getting another chance. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, more love for the ladies. I have been watching the College Softball World Series. It is what I believe one of the best values in all sports because softball is a very fun and entertaining sport to watch. It's like baseball. I don't want to use this analogy, but I'm going to. It's like baseball on steroids in the sense that... um, it's a fast-paced game. I mean, the, the base paths are shorter. The bunt plays are a lot more exciting. It's it's a very fun game to watch, and it's a very entertaining tournament every year when the College World Series comes around, and this year has been no different. First, I'll ask you, Bob, have you gotten a chance to watch much of this uh, softball tournament? Uh, I, I watched a game, and I couldn't even tell you who was playing, but I was on a treadmill while I was doing it, but... It was fun. You're right. It's fun to watch. And I, I, I've i watched it in the past, and it's been fun. See, unfortunately, the when we're recording this, the college, the World Series final, the best of three series for the championship, is not concluded yet. But Florida won game one. And what shocked me was that they didn't pitch their ace, because I watched this game. They didn't pitch their ace in game one. They pitched a freshman who hadn't thrown a pitch in the Super Regional or the World Series yet. Her name is Alicia Ocasio, I think I said that name right, and she pitched outstanding. I mean, this is against Michigan. It's one of the better hitting teams in the tournament. They crushed the ball. They hit a ton of home runs. The Gators trying to win their second straight College World Series. And so Ricketts is one of their best offensive players, too. She drove in, I believe, all of the runs for Florida. I believe it was 3-2, and I think she drove in all three runs, or was at least involved in all three runs. And then this freshman pitcher, I mean, what kind of a coach benches their ace in game one? Not bench, but but takes her out of the circle in game one to 
to focus on hitting and then pitch a freshman who hadn't done anything. I mean, she hadn't pitched the entire tournament. And she comes in and faces, in game one of the championship series, one of the best lineups in the nation and does spectacular. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. You were telling me about that earlier. That's that's a really cool story. <laughs> that that would have been cool to see. I wish I had seen it. No, I mean, it, it, it because I, like I said, I've been watching the tournament, so I knew who Florida's ace was because I'd seen them play a couple times. And then I, I, I remember turning on the TV. I'm like, who the heck is pitching Florida? What happened to their ace? Did she get hurt? I mean, that's just insane. But then I saw her bat. I'm like, okay, well, she's driving in runs because I, I told you before, she's a 70-70 player, 70 wins and I believe 70 home runs for her career. And the only other person they said on the telecast to do that in baseball or softball was Babe Ruth who did it way back when in the major leagues so that's kind of crazy and I'm going off what they said on the broadcast so I mean you you take her out of the the circle and keep her bat in the lineup obviously but it it, it was a cool story kind of a cool story I mean unfortunately the final consists of two teams that I'm not very fond of Florida and Michigan but it is a cool tournament I would highly recommend you guys check it out especially if they uh, extend it to game three in this series. Just get a little taste of college softball and maybe next year watch the whole thing because it's a very fun tournament. And it's it's just great. It's it's always intense. Yeah, I, I, I do like watching it when I'm able to catch it. Your Vanderbilt team, baseball team, had a pretty big win in there in the college baseball tournament. They're not at the World Series level yet. They're still going through regionals. Yeah, they won the regional 21 to nothing. So that, that was a good showing for the defending champs. Now they're going to the super regional now in Indiana. So they still have a couple couple rounds left. But, man, 21 nothing right. in the tournament game. That was ridiculous. Yeah. I, I got to see the MAC tournament not too long ago. I got to see Ohio University win the MAC and go to the college World Series tournament, the regional level. The round of 64. For those of you who don't know, the regional level is the round of 64, and then when you win a regional, it's down to 16. That's called super regionals. You play a best of three series against someone to go to the College World Series, and that's the final eight teams. They play a double elimination tournament that culminates in another best of three series. So for those of you guys who aren't familiar with how those things work, that's how they work. And I got to see OU win their conference tournament and go to the regional level I got to see a kid pitch a no-hitter in the semifinals of the Mid-American Conference game. It was pretty sweet. That was pretty exciting. I mean, a kid like who came out of nowhere and did it. I mean, I think batters were hitting like 298 against him. I forget his ERA, but it was in like the 3-5, 3-7 range. So it, was, it wasn't like their ace or anything. It was like their three or four starter comes out and hits a, throws a no-hitter in the max semifinals. It was awesome. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Alrighty, but yeah, like like we said, um, we're recording this thing a little bit early, so we do apologize if some new things came out, uh, especially with regards to the FIFA tournament. But to you know appease you guys, we were going to go soccer this podcast anyway because the NBA Finals are just getting underway. We're going to have a lot more to talk about in basketball, trust me. We have a lot of games to talk about next week. NBA Finals will be on the front burner, so don't worry. We haven't forgotten about LeBron James and Steph Curry and the Warriors and Cavs and all that fun stuff. We'll get back to that next week. Hoping you enjoyed a little bit of alternative podcast. Talked about some women's sports, FIFA, soccer, all that fun stuff. So please, again, we thank you for your continued support of FenleyRoadSports.com. Please subscribe to our podcast via iTunes. Please follow us on Twitter, FenleyRDSports. 
And then, of course, follow us on Instagram, Family Road, R-O-A-D, Sports. And continue to support this podcast. We definitely appreciate it. And we'll be getting, of course, some more content on the website with some blogs and whatnot in the near future as well as we always do. But until next week, we'll talk to you guys later. Please come back for more. All right, Chris, I'll talk to you soon. All right, take it easy, Bob.